0: Welcome to the One More Verse Podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Monday, November the 23rd, 2015. <music> Today's reading was 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 28. So come on and let's discuss what we read together. Three, two, one, one. It must be complicated to have two wives. It must be even more difficult when there is a, a clear distinction between those two wives and those two wives are rivals to one another. These are the circumstances that we find as we're introduced to this book of First Samuel. Uh, we find out about this man named Elkanah and he has these two wives and The name of one of his wives was Hannah, and she had no children. And so her rival had children. And we do know that during this period of the judges that this man was definitely religious, and he would go up year by year from his city, and he went to worship God at Shiloh. He would go there, and there was a priest, Eli, and he had a couple of sons, and they would go, and they would go through the prescribed method of offering sacrifice, and as they would celebrate this meal together, um, he, as the leader of their family, would distribute uh, to Penina and to her sons and daughters, and when it came to Hannah, it was always a little bit different. Because Hannah struggled with infertility, and the scripture tells us that this was an infertility that the Lord had brought about. And so during this time, it was obvious that her husband loved her, and he would give her a double portion, and so her rival would provoke her and irritate her, as the way that the scripture describes this. Now, if you have been around girls that are at odds with each other and that are competing with one another, this is something that must have been, um, it, it was probably petty at times. It was very hurtful. Imagine that you're struggling in your infertility and that someone is just lording it over you and just putting it in your face every time that she has the opportunity to do that. You can just imagine over the years as year after year, the same thing all the time. She has to not only be reminded that she doesn't have any children, but this woman who doesn't act like her friend but acts like a complete rival just throws it in her face that she has no children. The despair, the desperation of a heart that longs to be a mother and yet year after year it seems to be the same. And you might think that Hannah would just say, you know what, I'm just going to give up and I'm just going to be done with it. And so she would weep and she wouldn't eat. And, you know, as men, sometimes we just don't know what to say what do you say to your wife who is in such absolute pain we we feel helpless and, and and it's so difficult to know what to say and and he would go and he would try and he would say well, why are you crying and why won't you eat don't let your heart be so sad I love you and am I not more to you than 10 sons and yet as kind as that was as try as he may to go and to try to comfort his wife it doesn't take the pain away so on one of these occasions Hannah rose and um, she went went to the temple she was in such distress that she just wept bitterly before the Lord I I wonder how many times uh, we go to the Lord when we're in distress Oh, oh, mind you, I think that sometimes we go um, when we are in absolute peril, and I think sometimes we go if we're in absolute desperation, but she had been year after year, and she didn't give up, and she went to the only place that she knew, the only place where she could find um, help and hope, and so she went to the Lord. And she makes a vow. I love the way that the scripture says she vowed a vow. And she just said, oh God, if you will look on my affliction. She calls herself his servant. She asks him to just remember her and not to forgive, to forget her. Knowing good and well that God is not God if he forgets. This is more a plea just to grant her request. And so she asks that God give her a son. And she says, if you give me a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. And and while she's in earnest, she is absolutely pouring out her heart before the Lord. And so Eli, the, the, the priest, looks and he sees her. And Hannah is is speaking in her heart. Her, her lips are moving, but um, her voice is not phonating. It's not coming out and it's not heard. And when Eli sees her, he thinks that perhaps she's just drunk. And so since part of his role would have been to protect the the the, the temple and to try to keep things sacred, he goes and he just confronts her and says, how long are you just going to keep being drunk? You put that away. And she answers and she's like, no, I'm just troubled in spirit. You can imagine the eyes still filled with tears, a splotchy face, a nose that runs. And she tries to explain to him, that's not the case at all. I am just, I'm just pouring out my soul before the Lord. She entreats him not to regard her as a a worthless woman. She is just vexed and anxious, and she doesn't know anything other than just to pour out her heart to the Lord. And Eli is a priest. He certainly uh, offers her some sympathy, and and he says to her to go in peace. and, And he asks that the God of Israel would grant her petition And she says, let your servant, she is the servant to everyone. She's just saying, let your servant find favor in in your eyes. And so she went away and you can imagine what it must have been like for her husband when she comes back and suddenly her appetite has returned. She's eating and her face is no longer sad. And they rose early the next morning and they go and they worship before the Lord and then they went back home. And I love the fact that the Bible says that God remembered her, not because God had forgotten, but that this is just to let you know that God heard the cries of this desperate and hurting woman struggling in infertility, being constantly mistreated by her rival, and God granted her request. She conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. She said, I asked for him from the Lord. She knew where this son came from, and she certainly wanted everyone else to know the same thing. And so the time came again for uh, them to go back to Shiloh and to offer their annual sacrifice and to pay this vow. But on this occasion, Hannah did not go. She reasoned with her husband that once her child was weaned, that she was going to take him so that he might dwell in the presence of the Lord forever there in, in service. And so it, this seemed reasonable to her husband. And he says, "We well, just do what seems best to you and wait. And uh, may the Lord just establish his word. And so she waited and she cared for her son. And uh, when the time came, she she went up with her son and a three-year-old bull, and ephah, a flower, a skin of wine. And she came to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. This child was very, very young. And and as she went there, it says that they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli. Now, you can imagine it must have been quite a journey. And although this mother had definitely felt God's favor and had enjoyed this child, it was now time for this child to be given to the Lord as she had vowed and promised. And so she reminds Eli of the story, and it must have been quite funny to say, remember, I was the woman that you thought was just out here drunk, but I want you to know I was praying for a child, and look, here he is, and, and I have brought him. I, I, I have brought him as I said I would, and as long as he lives, he belongs to the Lord. And even Eli worshiped over this. And so as we see today in this period of judges, this next judge, Samuel, we're having these pictures going back to these matriarchs of faith who struggled with infertility and sons that are given in miraculous and at appointed times and in incredible ways. And so we're seeing this picture unfold uh, and, and you see this parent willing to give their child in service and it points us forward, of course to the son who would give himself in service, to the heavenly father that would give his son so that the world might be rescued. And so I want us to appreciate this dysfunctional family, multiple wives that fought with one another, infertility, vexation and anxiety and difficulty and not eating and, and, and struggling and just pouring out to the Lord and being misunderstood and all of these things. Even in the end, as we finished our reading for today, we end at a place where a woman followed through on what she said that she would do because God had been faithful and did more than she could even believe. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about vertical purpose or one more verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNicks. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and I'll see you tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.